Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. We are so excited. We are in prayer and fasting for 21 days. Started last Sunday, and I heard so many of you tell me you've been fasting something this week and praying and believing and going forward. And uh, every Wednesday night through the fast from 6.30 to 7.30 right here in the sanctuary, there is prayer that's happening. And I want to invite you out. We had about 50 people here this last Wednesday. I would like to see 100 people here this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30. Amen? Thank you for the golf clap and some of you, but I really believe in the church is going to get mobilized in these days and going to come out and going to pray. Are you with me, church? Amen. If we really believe that prayer does change things, let's come out and do it together. Amen. We're praying privately at home, but also we're called to pray corporately together. And I just want to encourage you to be here and expect God to do something mighty in our midst. And uh, we are needing to see God show up in a mighty way. After what happened this last week in our nation's capital, which was not God-honoring, we need to pray for healing, strength, in our country like never before. Amen, church? That we need to see that and that righteousness would come back to this country again. In Jesus' name. Also, when you came in, maybe you saw these journals. Uh, You can receive one if you didn't take one coming in. And just go as you leave today on that table in the foyer. It's a journal. All things are possible. And writing down the possibilities that God has for you and what he wants to do through us as a church as well. You know, from the very outset of this new year in January here, I want to challenge you to make room for a miracle. I want to challenge us as a church to make room for a miracle in our lives because we need to make room for that. Amen? And I don't know what's going on in you today or what's happening to you as I talk about this church making room for a miracle. In the song that we just sang together, All Things Are Possible, it speaks about wanting to see miracles happen. And we need to see that take place, believing together as a body. You know, I think it's amazing that God has created us with a reticular activator, that when you start thinking about something, we notice it in our lives. You, you understand you're wired that way, right? You are. You and I are. So if you start talking about the negative, do you know what you're going to see? The negative all around you. And I hope you're coming along on this journey as we talk about making room for a miracle in our theme for this year that all things are possible. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26 is where we take this from. With God, all things are possible. Come on, would you say that with me? With God, all things are possible, right? That's it. All things are possible, but it has to happen with God. In 2 Kings chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to this miracle story today that I want to talk to you today. And you see inside of verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 5, miracle story, it's about Naaman. And it says, now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Abraham. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Abraham. He was highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Abraham. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Verse 2, now bands of soldiers from Abraham had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel 
and she served Naaman's wife. Verse 3, she said to her mistress, if only, can you shout if only? Wow, we're going to do that again. I want you to shout this because this is scripture. If only, one, two, three, if only, that's what she said, my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. So here's what we have. We have a young girl in exile, far away from home. I'm sure there were many days in her life that she wondered why she was there, why God had taken her there, why she was a slave in Syria. But when her moment came, she had the bandwidth in her mind to shift from daily discouragement in that reality, everything that was around her and in front of her, and begin to make room for a miracle in her life and the others that were around her. While her boss was dealing with the dreaded disease of leprosy, she starts to imagine the possibilities. I want this church to begin to imagine the possibilities in your life and in the life of this church, in the life of the body of Christ throughout the world, that you begin to imagine the possibilities. Let me put this in here. You don't have to have a title to lead. Are you with me? See, a lot of people see leadership as a title. Leadership is not a title. In fact, the most influential leaders always emerge before they have a title. And I don't know a lot about this girl or what went on, but I kind of believe that after this conversation took place that she was promoted, rewarded, and loved from then on in the house of Naaman like never before. Because she made such a profound statement for Naaman to go forward. She's aware of Naaman's condition. She's a trusted part of his house, but she's not thinking, hey, I just got to keep my mouth shut or I'm going to get in trouble. She's not worried about herself in this scenario, but she's thinking like an owner rather than a bystander in the situation. But I'm going to just back up to that a moment. She She knew herself as an owner and not a bystander to the things of God in her life. That's so true. You see this in her. Perhaps even thinking, hey, this is why I'm here. This is why I was created. Maybe this is why I'm in Syria in the first place. Maybe this is one of the things that God has in mind for me in this season of my life. See, but the best leaders, you've got to understand this, the best leaders don't set out to be leaders. That's what I'm telling you. They set out to make a difference, and in the process, they become a leader. And there's a lot of people in our church family, I'm speaking to you, that are way too hesitant and are way too reserved that God wants to use you and there's a miracle in your mouth and there's potential in your heart. Can you give the Lord a great big hand clap for that? Amen. Do you believe it? That there is inside of you a miracle in your mouth and there's potential in your heart. There's things that God can and will do through you. But the best leaders don't set out to be leaders. They, they set out to make a difference. And in that process, they become leaders. Listen to these quotes I, I want you to hear. Margaret Thatcher said this, being a leader is like being a lady. If you have to remind people you are, you aren't. Hello, how many of you are with me now, right? Like that's the person that they're the boss and they have to rock around and say, they're the boss. No, you're not the boss if you have to tell everybody you're the boss all the time. Are you with me, Right? John Quincy Adams said this, if your actions inspire others to dream or learn, learn more, do more, and become more, then guess what? You are a leader. And so the first word I want you to get and understand and put it deep into your spirit 
today is that I want you to step out and be a leader. God wants you to step out and be a leader in your life. You know, I'm looking at a story and admiring a servant girl. Here she is in Syria who had the audacious attitude to just bring up this topic with confidence in her life, right? And let me say this. There are things that are not going to happen in your life and in your house and in your family or your job without someone being an initiator of possibilities. That's the first point. Let's be people that are initiators of, a po- of possibilities. Hello? That's true. Think about this. There's some things in your house There's some things in your future and in your life and in your family and on your job that are not going to happen unless someone is an initiator of possibilities. Now, I'm talking about the will of God here. That's what we're talking about because that's what we're reading in Scripture. The will of God is not whatever happens and whatever happens is not the will of God. If you got that, say yes. If that were the case, we would be a whole lot different and our world would be a lot different. There are many things that are going on in our world right now that is not the will of God. God's looking for people who will forecast the future according to his will, who will speak the things that are not as though they were, that are believing for an open door Come on, an open door. Come on, that believing you're making room in your heart for a miracle. Come on, church. They're making room in their heart for a miracle today, right? She's like, if only, come on, shout that again. If only, verse 3, my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria. Because she's like, oh, man, if Naaman would just get this and understand this, something good is going to happen for his condition in his life. You know, God doesn't work in our lives if all we do is talk about the problem. We have to talk about the possibilities. I said we have to talk about the possibilities. I don't think many people are with me today. I don't think many people are here today. I I think you checked out. I'm talking about people who can talk about the possibilities. Amen? Lots of people can point to the problem. And there's a lot of people pointing to the problem right now. Tell you what's not right. Why, why they don't go to church. What's wrong with the church? And that's why I don't go because that, that, everything over there is just wrong. And they can tell you what other people are doing that's wrong. And uh, they have why the idea that you always have doesn't work. Do you have any friends like that? Every idea you bring up, they just shoot it down, right? They just body slam all the possibilities and all the ideas that you bring out. So that's, that's an issue. Because here's the thing. Because some people see the problem in every possibility and others see the possibility in every problem. Let that sink in for a moment. I'm trying to encourage somebody today and I hope I'm doing it. I'm trying to encourage us today for what we see in front of us. And so, so if you look at that, it doesn't mean we just ignore the problems. It doesn't mean we ignore the flat tire on the car. It just means that we just don't stay in this discouragement, in this depression. We whistle and sing while we change the flat tire. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. There, there's a possibility in every problem. We believe that all things, according to the Scripture, Work for the good of those who love God and are called to his purpose. Amen? Amen. 
You know, and I'm excited as I look at this passage because I'm anticipating and I'm expecting God to be invited into your world, into your season right now, and show up in ways that are going to be unprecedented in your life. And, you know, I'm, I'm just believing for that. I'm going to make room in my mind for that from the outset of this year. I'm just going to believe that. Anybody else want to take that challenge up today and say, you know what, I'm just going to believe and I'm going to make room in my mind for the impossible. No, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because God's not looking for people who can just name the problem. God's looking for people who will name the possibility. And if we want to see God work, church, if we want to see God work in our life, in, in our, in our day-to-day and in the life of the church, we have to lift our eyes above the current situations and conditions and engage in the possibilities that are before us. Amen? 17 years ago, God led us uh, to Abundant Life Church, Kristen and I, our family, young family, you know, starting a family and just coming and, and coming here and we came and came to this blessed church and uh, this body and are thankful for the previous leadership. And we came and the church, this church was struggling and we said, you know what, it's not where it should be, so let's pray and let's continue to serve and let's go. And small band of people that uh, were with us in those early days just began to work hard and, and prayed and believed. And we just said, you know what, it's not where it should be, but someday, someday, Someday God's going to show up in a powerful way. Someday God's going to move. Someday. And, and, and we're thankful for the hand of God and his work and his faithfulness. It's by the grace of God. That's the story of someday. Can somebody shout someday? Someday. Someday. Don't get all depressed today about where you're at, but that you today and every day, you will have a someday in your heart of what God wants to do and where he's taking you to. Amen. Hallelujah. Like my child, your child may not be on the path for God in their life, but today you can say someday, someday. We're going through a tough challenge financially. You may say that today, but you can say someday I'm struggling. I'm in a, on a battle right now, but someday this is going to be different. It's not always going to be this way. Someday, someday, someday. Let's, let's be people that are initiators of possibilities like this young servant girl in exile. Come on, we need the body of Christ to show up and be people like this. Number two, Let's be possibility thinkers. Let's be people who engage the possibility. Let's be people who talk about the possibility. Amen, church? You know, I'm going to cut through verses 3 and 8 through 8 there, and I'll get to 9 in just a moment. But in those verses, it describes a process that Naaman went through of approaching and petitioning the king for permission to proceed forward and to visit the prophet that the servant girl had brought up. So Naaman's starting to follow the path of possibility, and it did take some time. It takes time. We have to be reminded, as Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 tells us, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, make our requests known to who? Who? God. That's what, that is, what it says. I think this is a great season in our church for many different reasons in that we would journal. We would take the time and pray. And we would write 
down the possibilities of what God wants to do in our current circumstances, in our situations, that God is going to show up, and we're believing for that. That's basically what Naaman did in these verses. He started petitioning for the possibilities that were yet to come. And yes, he gets the approval to go forward. And go to verse 9, and we're going to pick up the story. It says, so Naaman went with his horses, chariots, and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. That's the prophet. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed if you do it. But the Bible says, but Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out. Here's Naaman. I thought he would come out. Now, Naaman is important. And as a VIP, it had gone to his head. That I thought I'd get a one-on-one with a prophet, you know, and he just sent some of his servants out to give me a message. I mean, there was no meet and greet. He just sent them out and, and uh, just to tell me what to do and stand, they said, and call in the name of the Lord as God. He, you know, but the thing is, is he was just expecting the prophet to come out and wave his hand over, over the spot and cure his leprosy. It's like us praying, God move and let the world know Jesus is king, but don't use that person to do it. Oh, snap, baby, right? God changed the world for you, but surely don't use that person, you know, and that's, we say that many times. You could never use that person. There's absolutely no way, you know. As we say this, God, grow our church, but keep it small enough so I can know everybody. We get funky sometimes in our prayers, don't we? Little do we know many times what we're praying down deep, right? And really believing for. We want it our way. Our way. Here you have Naaman. He starts complaining about the rivers that were chosen for him to go dip in seven times. He didn't like the river. And the prophet says, you go to the river... And you dip yourself seven times. No, can I go to a nicer river? Can I go to a closer river? Can I go to a better river? And, uh, and he didn't even come out and talk to me. He sent his servants out to talk to me. Here's what we have to know. Some of the greatest miracles happen over time. And many of you have a possibility that is so big on the inside of you that it's not going to happen overnight. Did you get that? It's not going to happen overnight. It's only going to happen if you keep your mind engaged and not get sidetracked by small things and by staying focused more on the big things that God wants to do in your heart and in your life. Listen, if you can keep yourself from getting hurt, if you can keep yourself from getting offended, if you can keep yourself from being distracted and intimidated by the small stuff and you can begin to keep your eye on the big stuff, Over time, God's going to do the impossible in your life. Amen, church? That's what God wants to do inside of you today. And we have to be possibility thinkers. Let's be possibility thinkers. And let's stop looking at what's only in front of us. Because it's more than that. Number three, your part and my part is let's be people who stay on the path of possibility. Walk by faith, and regardless of what we see in the circumstances that are in front of us, you know, the miracle of a baby takes nine months in a mother's womb. You can't rush it. You've got to wait. 
I'm sure if there was a three-month baby plan, moms would choose it in a heartbeat. How many of you mothers would choose a three-month? Yes. I mean, you know what? You'd say, yeah, I, I'll do that one. Is there a two-weeker? Sign me up for that one, right? Right? Because we would, we would do that. We would be, you know, moms would be like, yes, yes, yes. Because why? You know what? We want it done quickly. The Chinese bamboo tree, I'm not sure if you know about this, ever heard of it. It doesn't show any signs of growth after it's planted in the soil. It is four years and you don't see nothing. And then after that four years, in six weeks, it can grow as much as 90 feet. Here's what I'm telling you today. There are some things that are incubating on the inside of you and you're feeling drawn to it, and you're praying over it, and maybe you've prayed over it last year, and maybe you are believing God for something. You wrote it down last year, and it's still on your heart this year. Don't be discouraged because some of the greatest things take time. Some of the greatest miracles are not going to happen overnight. That's so true. And here's what also I want to say. Don't isolate a bad season in your life. Don't isolate that bad season inside of you. Don't let that stay in you. Rather, the possibilities of God incubate inside of you. And so what I'm saying is don't form your values in your valleys. Are you with me now? See, see, here's the problem where we're living right now. Because all of us are seeing the world that we live in, and so many people are saying, well, this is the way it's been for the last year in the pandemic, in the craziness, in the unrest, and all of that. And many people have formed their values in their valleys. And so they're planning on camping there and living there for the rest of their life. I'm going to tell you something, church. It's not always going to be like this. Amen. Come on. I need people of faith in the house today. Come on, respond out of your faith and not your, hmm. We need people of possibility in the body of Christ. It's not always going to be like this, church. Come on. And if that's where you're at, that's stinking thinking and it's not biblical thinking. We will not always be like this. We need people of possibilities that are believing God to do something greater. It's only by the grace of God over time and in those rough seasons in your life that God brings about miraculous possibilities. See, what happens is if you freeze the frame on a season, it's discouraging, but God works best, and he often does his best work over time from day to day in the someday. There are seasons of setback. You better believe it. There are seasons of heartache. Oh, yes. You're not always happy in the setback, but that's when God is doing his best work underground, and in the dark spot of your life. Get this. The big things that you carry inside of you are worth taking care of. They are worth watching over. They are worth praying over. And they are worth continuing to believe God for. If you're here in the sound of my voice, there's a dream that God wants you to accomplish. And he's put it in your heart as a legacy And let me tell you something, God is beginning to bring those things back up in the surface of your heart and mind. I pray that you will not abandon it in a dark season because some of God's greatest work takes place over time. They happen in the long haul. If you're a young adult right now, you may be saying, well, I don't, there's there's not enough likes on my social media page and thinking about the college you didn't get into and 
the girlfriend you didn't get or the boyfriend you didn't get. What I'm saying to you is don't let the season cause you to abandon the power of a miracle of possibility that is underway in your life right now. Just because it didn't happen in a moment doesn't mean that's not going to happen over time, right? It's true. See, God can close a door if he wants to shut a door because he's big enough. If he doesn't want to open, it's not going to open. And when he closes it, we can't even open it. But when he opens it, we can walk through it. See, the, here, here's the issue. It's through it. Our job is process, and God's job is outcome. And we'll just talk about that for just a moment. Because we live in an anxiety-driven world, and with that is, is the reason why so much of that is is because we want to try to control the outcomes of our life. You and I can't control outcomes. And guess what? We've all done it. Oh, I've done it. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know what they're going to think about me. I'm, I'm going to say this, but I'm not really sure and all of that. And what's going to take place over there? And so, so much anxiety of our life comes because we're so consumed with the outcome. But the problem comes down to is knowing this. Our job is process and God's job is outcome. That God has you and me in process and you and I are to not worry about the outcomes. We're trusting in him that with him all things are possible. Verse 13, Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophets had told you to do some great thing. Now remember to this point, he's fussing, he's griping, he's complaining. I don't like that river. The prophet didn't even come out and talk to me. He sent his messengers. They're like, listen, please, if the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? Like, this is really easy. This is what the prophet said, even though he didn't stand in front of you. It's, it, it's easy. They said, this is easy. The, what, what they're pointing out is that your pride is the problem right now. That's not a hard thing. I'm trying to help some of you today that maybe you've gotten sidetracked somewhere in the process of what God wants to do eventually in your life, and he could be speaking to you at this moment, even today in this message, that there are some things that are on hold in your life because God wants them to be on hold. Other things are on hold because you and I are hindering the process, and we're stuck complaining about the problem rather than the possibility. There are things in our lives that are on hold right now because we're only looking at the problem rather than the possibility of what God wants to do. God does that because we are to be concerned about, hey, process. God says, my job is the outcome. And he can do it well. And sometimes we can get sidetracked away from our dreams and the things that God has put in our heart to do and become. Or the river. That's not the river I want to be at. I want to be at another river. I want it to be a more beautiful river. I want it to be this kind of river. You know, I want it to be at this temperature. I want it to be just right. There's a temptation in all of us, the temptation that we want it our way. 
But I think God is saying, can you get past your wounds? Can you get past your worry? Can you get past your weariness today? This is a new year. Can you open up a door of possibility? Can you stir yourself again? Can you, can you initiate a possibility this morning? Can you say, God is talking to me, not to somebody else? Amen. Some of you are worried about, wow, if they were just here to hear this word, that's for them. No, this word is for us today. For you today to respond to this word, don't be consumed about somebody else. Can you be bold? Can you be courageous and forecast favor over your future? Can you? Yes. Like, remember when you were passionate for the things of God? Remember when you, in those early days, were eager and you were ready, you were willing to go for it? to serve, you were eager to worship. Remember that? And I just wonder today, is it possible that God is calling you back to healthy naivety and innocence and purity of heart? No, can you go back and remember that when you were passionate for the things of the Lord? And you rewind and you go back and remember the things that you do that you don't do anymore? The things that you used to do with passion, you've kind of let go by the wayside. And now what you've done is you've been caught up in mediocrity. In those early days, there was such a passion in you that you would to not let your preference interfere with his plan. That's what I'm saying to you. We let our preferences get in the way of the plan of God. And we think our way is better. Amen did. He was a man of God. We all have. But is it possible to move beyond that? See, I'm tired of people in the body of Christ looking at the problems. They just pointed out one another. That person's got a problem. That church has got a problem. See your church pastor? You got a problem there. See that person that came in the doors? That's a problem. Do you see this? This is a problem. And a problem, rather than people that are willing to stand up in these days and begin to forecast the future through the will of God. Right? I'm tired of that. The miracle comes when you go through and you do what God has called you to do regardless whether you understand it or not. No, regardless. Because we live in a world, I got to understand this, I got to understand this, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. The same thing that's going on in the day today is the same thing that happened in the early church. The Gnostics. Knowledge, 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 knowledge. Right? We got to be careful. And the knowledge of God is the most important. The knowledge of the word is the most important. Following after him today is the most important thing that you and I can do rather than our preferences, rather than our preferences. Verse 14, so he, Naaman, went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. What I'm here to tell you is this. I can't control who comes along on this journey at Abundant Life Church this year. We're on a journey. And it's not up to me to make somebody in the room or make somebody online 
uh, you know, say, hey, you have to do this. It's up to me to deliver the message of what God has put upon my heart for this church. It's up to you and me to decide whether we're going to go forward and do it. I can't make the decision for you. Nobody can. Just whether we're going to walk away from the challenge that I'm presenting to you today, encouraging you that you would ask yourself this question, what are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? Maybe take a moment today or before you leave this service, what are you believing God for? You fill in that blank and then you pray this prayer with God, all things are possible and have possibility mindset and thinking and make room for a miracle that we sang about a moment ago that it's up to each and every individual to decide what we're going to do with that. But I want to say is this, is if we want to see God work in our lives, we have to be possibility thinkers. We just have to be. We have to be people who see the possibility in everything, in every circumstance, in every problem, in every setback, in every downturn, because church, we're not always going to be like this. God is taking us onward. Amen. And church, let me tell you something, that, that this church is poised to go forward as we take God's word to heart and we do it. And as we initiate it, it just doesn't happen. Amen. I can't live off of somebody else's prayers. I have to pray myself. I can't live off of somebody else reading the word. I have to eat it myself. Amen. I got to feed myself. I got to feed me today and tomorrow and the days ahead. And so we have to do that together. But also, there are greater things ahead for Abundant Life Church. And, and to be quite honest and frank with you that I shared earlier is that church, so many of our ministries in this church are suffering like many churches in America because we have so many people sitting on their butts. First service, I about said a bad word, but please, Lord, forgive me. You know, it's like, dear God, help me, Lord, sanctify my mouth. Hello? Hello? If the pastor can't talk truth, then he don't love you. He doesn't love you. That our 50% in many of our ministries and even lower, where people have continued, this is your church. I'm not talking about people that are new here. You're just coming in. You're kicking the tires. I'm talking about people that have made this their church that come in and out the door every Sunday, and they don't do anything. And, and the problem is, you got to know this, is that the moment you and I receive water baptism, we got a job assignment. Hello? Hello? You and I got a job assignment the moment we got water baptized. And, and it's time for the body of Christ to get mobilized and stop living in fear over what is going on in our world. And it's time for the body of Christ to stand up because this church needs your help. All right? I'm just putting it out there today. I love you, but let me tell you something. We're not going to go long and patty cake, patty cake, and hope everything's good. We got to talk about what's real life. We have ministries and our generational ministries that need help today. There are people, I'm not telling you for an emotional response. I, I, don't, I don't give a hill of beans about emotional response. I want people that are going to show up and going to do it and going to be committed and they're going to be leaders. You don't have to have a title to be a leader. You show up, you fulfill the mission of God and you do it. And through it, 
God will make you a leader that other people will follow. But you got to stand up. The body of Christ needs to stand up in these days. There is so much fear. There's so much crap that's going on. I, I can't stand it sometimes. That's why I'm coming to preach this message to you today. And I hope that you are hearing it. We need people of possibility. People that initiate the possibility. People that are tired of sitting there with their arms crossed in the church. They give their money. They walk out the door and think that that's all they're called to do. You and I are called to be disciples of the living God. And to make all disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If that doesn't shake you up, oh God. Come on church. Come on. Whoa, he said, I didn't buy into all this. Yeah, you did when you became a Christ follower. See, what I'm doing is I'm calling greatness out of you. Because God's incubating something inside of you, and it's time for it to come out. It's time for it to come out. It's time for it to come out. And to be called forward for his kingdom and his glory. That's one of the many challenges I bring to you. I want to see a church that's serious about the things of the Lord. This world will not be reached by an anemic church. If you are satisfied in your mediocrity today and the Holy Spirit has hit you every which way today, I pray that you would just find a place, get on your face before the Lord, and listen to what He has to say to you because the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to the church. We have to be people that see possibility in everything. Quit showing me the problem. Talk about the possibility. Because you know, this scripture in Matthew is all about a miracle that takes place. Yeah, the rich young man, oh Lord, I have to go away and sell everything. Yeah, that's what I've told you to do. God knew his heart better than anybody. Does he tell everybody that? No, but he told this young ruler that. But really, it's the whole premise of saying, you need to surrender everything to me. All. And it's really clear. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's the challenge to us. That's the challenge to the body of Christ. That's the challenge to us today. Church, I'm sure like you, my heart is burdened for many things in the body of Christ. My heart is burdened today for Clearbrook Campus that needs a location. It's not fun and games for me. There's people to be reached. There's things that need to be done. But I'm not going to sit and just look at the problem. I'm going to preach. I'm going to speak. I want to talk about the possibility of Clearbrook having a permanent location in the name of Jesus. That there is a piece of property that God wants to give us in Jesus' name.
Where are the people of God that are willing in these days to stand up and say, I declare, I declare. Why? We don't declare many times because we're afraid of the consequences of what the world has to say to us. We're afraid. We're afraid. God says, no, you're not called to live there. You're called to speak my truth in these days. You're you're called to live my precepts in these days. You're called to operate out of my will in these days. Well, second service, you're getting five minutes more than the first, so you must have needed it. I love you, but that's it. Let's pray. Father, put this word like an arrow into our heart. Your word that lasts forever. And change us. Change us to be like you. Give me people of possibility in this church. People that think that way. People that initiate that way. And Lord, may the naysayers and those that cause division go. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.